Welcome to the Sons of Technology Clubhouse. Ditch your fear at the door, take a risk, and enjoy the ride with your hosts, Joe Marquez and Kyle Anderson. Welcome, everybody, to another great episode of the podcast by the Sons of Technology. Kyle Anderson and myself are here today to talk to you about classroom management in the COVID sphere. Now, classroom management is an art form, Kyle. Teachers hone in on that art form and they, 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 you know, massage it and they just make it their own. But now we are in a different place and a different time. And it's a very difficult thing to recreate a lot in a hybrid or distance learning environment. So that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today, how we can change our medium, but maintain our art form. And before we do, let's go ahead and do introductions. My name is Joe Marquez. I'm the academic, the director of academic innovation for Q right here in California and Nevada. And I'm also an educator out of the Central Valley of California. And if you are in the Twitterverse, you can find me on the Twitters at Joe Marquez 70. And as always, my partner in innovation, Kyle Anderson. Kyle, please introduce yourself. That is indeed correct. My name is Kyle Anderson. You can find me on Twitter at Anderson EdTech. Same thing on Instagram. My blog, AndersonEdTech.net. On I gotta say, I'm a little sad. I'm a little bit lagging on the blog lately. I haven't written one in over a month at this point because I'm not gonna lie. As soon as I'm done with my work day on the computer, I turn that thing off and I don't touch it again until the next day. And then I'm proud to say on weekends, I haven't been even been turning it on on weekends lately because my time is so precious right now after being on a computer all day. But I do have one in the works that I've done a little bit of work on, uh, something a little more lighthearted, song lyrics for educators where I picked five songs and then how the lyrics to those songs can kind of pertain to teaching and learning and whatnot. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to get that one done. I just don't know when I'm going to get it done because like I said, I'm, I'm really enjoying my time uh, away from the computer when I can. So, but I am also not only the author of AndersonEdTech.net, but I'm the author of To the Edge, Successes and Failures Through Risk-Taking, which is a book that is available through Amazon and Barnes and Noble and my publisher, EduMatch Publishing, um, a book that I personally feel is very relevant right now. It's all about risks I've taken in my life, and I'm hoping to encourage and inspire others to take risks in their life too. So I'm hoping that maybe you would pick up a copy of that and be inspired to be more of a risk taker, especially in this time that is just so unpredictable and crazy and insert other colorful phrases that have come into our realm at this point. You know, I, I love that you said that because I, I, I uh, saw a Twitter thread this week that said the five top phrases you want people to stop saying, right? And, and, and um, one of them was, uh, when you send an email, they'd please stop starting the email with, I hope this email finds you well, <laughs> right? They, they, Guilty. That's, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, I have I know. done that. But I mean, in all reality, we really do hope this email finds you well. It's not just something that we start off with. Um, I, think, I think another one was in these times um, or these unpre this unprecedented time, people stop saying this unprecedented time. But in reality, th this... This situation 
was was not a blip on the radar in anybody's mindset six months ago. Actually, yes, now six months ago. Let's say a year ago. This was not even on the radar. Um, it wasn't even thought about. Now, whether that was a good thing or bad thing, it was not thought about. And so teaching from home or teaching from a distance, teaching from your empty classroom was never thought about. So teachers never planned for this. Teachers never prepared for this. Teachers prepared for classroom management in their classroom. When you are dealing with 40 squirrely kids, how are you going to keep students from eating paste or touching each other or, or pushing each other or this or that or keeping them on task? That is the art of classroom management, the art of engagement, the art of connecting. Teachers learned this in a physical realm. Now, I want you to right now put your mindset in the mindset of an artist. Let's say you have a Pablo Picasso or a, 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 a Monet where you're, you, you love oil paints or you love watercolors or you love, you know, whatever other medium there is on a canvas and you're good at it. And then somebody comes and says, oh, I love your paintings. Here's some clay. Make me something amazing. Just because you're a phenomenal watercolor artist or a phenomenal oil painting artist doesn't mean you're going to be able to transfer that amazingness from one medium to the next, at least without time and training. And that is what is happening today. And it, it actually reminds me of a phenomenal joke by one of, one of my favorite comedians, uh, Mitch Hedberg, who passed away in the 90s, long time ago. Uh, and one of his jokes was, you know, I, he, he's a comedian. He goes, I always get tired for people coming to me saying, you're a great comedian. Can you act? He's like, that's like going to a farmer and saying, hey, you're a great farmer. Can you bake? You, it deals with food. It, it doesn't, just because you're good in one medium doesn't mean it translates over into another. And I think that's the one huge aspect of this that we really need to have grace on. And I mean grace against other teachers, grace against yourself, grace from parents, and grace from administrators, that every teacher is doing their best. It's just hard to change your art from one medium to the next in this short amount of time. And so I'm not saying teachers are struggling. I'm saying they are learning something new. But I will tell you the one thing that doesn't need to be relearned is teachers' compassion and teachers' work ethic and teachers wanting to make a difference. That doesn't change. Our mission never changes. But I would not be telling you the truth if I didn't say that this was a very difficult time for many, many educators. And I can tell you, we have a lot of amazing innovators and, and, and great uh, ed tech uh, uh, just mindsets in our, in, our, in our community or in our PLC. And some of them are even having difficult times, Kyle. If, if somebody who's worked their entire life with ed tech is having a difficult time, imagine a teacher who's never used it before. It's very difficult. So classroom management is a skill but that skill is in a very particular medium. So we have to be very mindful of that 
when talking with other edu educators and how they're minding their classroom in a virtual hybrid environment. For real, it's, it's so different, yet it's the same thing. Like we're trying to manage our classes and while it's a different sort of environment, there's so many things that you can still do that isn't any different than if you were face to face. Case in point, when we were face to face and when I was in general ed and had my own classroom, it's a little bit different as a co-teacher. Uh, your co-teacher typically is setting the expectations for the class and you're supporting that and um, piggybacking on it. So, but the first couple of weeks when I was in gen ed and had my own classroom, it was establishing the routine and the expectations and just getting it on, just knocking it out to with the kids to where this is how we're going to operate. Okay. Every day, this is what we're going to do at the beginning of class. This is what our transitions are going to look like. These are the procedures for how class is going to operate. And there, that first couple of weeks, it took a lot of patience. It took a lot of grace because kids didn't know you. I mean, there may have been a handful of kids that you'd had in the past or whatever, but for the most part, the kids don't know you. They don't know how you operate. So there was a lot of trial and error and trying to get everything down pat was a struggle at times. But eventually, first couple of weeks, once that was over, kids came in and they knew. And I, I was just, I was a real stickler for routine with that. I'm just a routine person, period. So I, I, the, the distance learning thing gets me, it's gotten me out of a routine of various things and I struggle with that, but I'm surviving. So, but it's no different if you're we're in this virtual or the hybrid environment, you can still set up routines. So I'm about four weeks in to a full distance learning platform at this point with my students and they know when they come into my co-teacher and I's Google Meet now, this is what we need to do. The one teacher, it's when you come in, you need to go onto the Google form and complete attendance. And we always have a slide posted with the attendance link. And then that day's like secret code, the validation code inside the Google form. Another teacher comes in and we've got on the screen ready to go. We've got the quizzes link for them to do their warm up on quizzes. We've got that ready to go. So, so setting those routines up again, it may take a little bit more time because you're not with the kids as much in a distance model or in a hybrid model, but you can still set those routines and get things going. And if you can be successful in setting up those routines, classroom management is going to be a lot easier. I'm not going to say that it's done. You don't have to work at it after that because it's always going to be a wor uh, work in progress, but the work you're going to have to put in is going to come along a lot easier down the road. Yeah. And you know, also explaining things clearly to the students is incredibly important. Right. So let me, for example, like in a face to face classroom, if a student says, my hands are sticky, you say, get up and go wash your hands in the sink. The kid knows how to get up already, knows how to go and walk and knows how to go to the sink. But if, if you're telling a student, hey, I need you to mute your microphone. Where do I do that? Well, click on those dots. Which dots? The dots in the bottom left hand corner. Which left? It's a whole new way of explaining things to students. So creating a routine is incredibly important, but also explaining everything in even the minute details is incredibly important. And, and I think teachers really need to set up like their own little virtual help page, whether it's a, uh, a Flipgrid 
called my classroom help page where they where the teacher does um, uh, recordings, uh, screen recordings on how to get tasks done um, or creating um, uh, screencastify videos and placing them in a materials section of the Google Classroom. Teachers need to be very mindful that verbal instructions or text instructions may not be enough for their students. And even though we know our students are quote unquote digital natives, just because they're good with a device doesn't mean they're good with an application. Um, because, so we, we really need to be mindful of that um, and, and, and give them time to play. Give them time to say, hey, you know what? It's our first week in our Zoom, press buttons. Okay, for the next five minutes, just press buttons. See what you can do. See what you can figure out. See what you can break so we can get all of that out of our system. I think sometimes we missed out on that because we were so focused on getting the year started. We forgot with, hey, let's just play around with these tools and see what we can come up with. And not only do you have the opportunity to provide instruction and set routine uh, in a multitude of ways, whether it be through text, it's through video, it's through audio, whatever, you also in the digital environment now have the opportunity to reach those students that you may have struggled to communicate with before because of language barriers. So just before this uh, podcast started recording, I was doing some work with some IEPs and students that their parents do not speak English. Um, mostly Spanish speaking. And I was communicating with a parent via text message in Spanish. And the, the mother thought maybe, oh, I'm going to call now because it appears that this teacher speaks Spanish. So when the parent comes on and is speaking Spanish, but I don't speak any Spanish. Now I'm saying in really broken Spanish, hold up a moment, please. While I'm on Google Translate, typing in what I want to say and then reading it off. So the parent and I were able to communicate and now I'm going to be having a conversation with the parent tomorrow and we're going to do it via text message. So I was able to convey that message to that parent, but it's not just the parents, but it's also the students. I have students that a lot of Spanish speaking uh, students, um, first language at home. I have more students that speak Chinese at home. And then I have some students that speak Arabic. I've got students with, with a variety of language barriers for, because of, the language they speak at home. But now when we're in class, if they don't understand the instructions, I can go into Google Translate, type in what we're trying to convey to the student, get the translation and put it in the chat box in Google Meet. I've done it with Spanish language. I've done it with Chinese. I've done it with Arabic. I've done it with Korean so far. And then my students, they realized what we were doing and then they started to have fun and they were commenting in the chat box in other languages. And, and that actually got a little bit fun there for a little bit because now I'm seeing like, oh, that's Korean letters. What is that? And um, one, the one message was, that's a funny joke, Mr. Anderson, in Korean. It was a lot, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So take advantage of that. The, the technology is there. We can reach our kids so much easier now through a technology like Google Translate or whatever translation tools that are out there. You, you know, one of my, one of my good friends, Efren Tovar actually showed a little hack that you can do in Google meet, where if you go, as soon as you hit the caption button in Google meet, the Google translate option shows up in your Omnibox. And when you click on it, you can actually have it translated in any language that you want. So if you're doing a parent conference and you know, you have majority Spanish speaking parents, 
um, you can speak in English and the captions will all come out in Spanish. So at least those teachers can hear you. If you're doing a two-way conference, the parents show that you, sh if you show the parents how to do it, they can select Spanish and whatever you say is translated on their screen in Spanish. And then whatever they say in Spanish is translated on your screen in English. So it's that two-way translation. Um, so, you know, that's a great, great hack um, that we're actually going to be posting on our YouTube channel here very shortly um, to, to allow, you know, that parent-teacher communication, but also within your students. You may have students that speak Russian and German and Chinese and, and Japanese and Spanish all in the same class. If you show them how to click that button, it can make the class run that much smoother. I always said that technology should be there to remove blockers, not add new blockers. So find the way that your technology will make it better. If a student feels like they can connect with their teacher, they will have a better attitude in your classroom and that's classroom management. So if translation is an issue, that's one way you can get that translation barrier to be non-existent. Absolutely. So now this doesn't go without saying that we're not going to run into issues though. So I will tell you on the first day of school when we're in Google meet and we're meeting with our first class, what had happened ahead of time to, to get the message out to students that your classes are going to be on Google meet. Here's the link to where you can meet with your teacher. Those were posted on the school website, which great intentions, but in execution, not good because what it did was it opened up those links to the world essentially. So then all of a sudden I'm with my co-teacher in our first class, we're going through attendance and then the, it's not a zoom bomb because it was Google meet, but then the bombers start coming in and the inappropriate things and just the, the music that is just being blared through that person and the inappropriate images that they're trying to share now to the screen. And I got to say, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I really, it was, I, I felt helpless at that time. And essentially I was helpless because I didn't have control of the meet where I could remove people in that situation. So I was frantically trying to work with my co-teacher about blocking those uh, people out and getting them removed and, and different things. Well, then the students that were there that were doing the right thing, and they're just trying to meet their teacher and figure out what's going on. Of course, some of them are now starting to laugh and have a good time with it, whatever, which I mean, they're 14, 15 years old. I mean, I, you can't judge and fault them for that, whatever. But I will say, like I said, I felt absolutely helpless in that situation. But now we have it figured out now how to get students to our meet without that. And then there's more security features being updated with Google Meet all the time. But this isn't about like, you and I, Joe, saying that we're experts on classroom management by any means. We have great ideas. We have tips, but, but we're also vulnerable to admit that there's times where we just didn't know what to do. And that was one of those times where, like I said, I was helpless to that situation. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, one of the problems that, that I've, been, I've been telling a lot of these companies is that, you know, they're, they're utilizing a business platform for an educational purpose. And, and I'll tell you, I've never been in a business where somebody got a link to a video conference and they shared it with their friends to jump in and be nefarious. But in education, that's the name of the game, right? It, it's always how can you be funny or joking or, or this or that? And, 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 and now how can you do it anonymously? 
it becomes a game, right? And, and, and it, it's just what kids do. Um, or I guess older anonymous adults also do. And so it's, it's no, nobody's fault to not know how to use these tools or to set the tools up or to push them out. That's nobody's fault because you were not in that mindset of business. Um, so knowing that these companies are finally listening to teachers, I think that is a massive call out to teachers is every time you have an idea of how to make these tools better, or you have an idea of how to prevent something like this happen, contact the companies, go on Twitter, go on Facebook, go work, send an email, have your voice be heard. That is the only way these tools will get better. Um, you know, if you want instant attendance, tell Google, tell Zoom, tell Microsoft. Um, if you want complete control of video and audio, tell Zoom, tell Microsoft. Um, these are things that the companies never thought of because they didn't make it for an education um, experience. They made it for a business experience and they assume business people are going to behave appropriately. Um, you know, Wolf of Wall Street doesn't show that, but, um, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont Time, Times shows that high school kids are going to be high school kids and, and, and so on and so forth. So tell the companies how to make those changes. So I do like all the new additions Google Meet is adding. And there's lots of extra ones being added in October that teachers are going to like. Um, but, um, you know, just do your best, right? There are things that you can't control. There are things you can to control and, and be mindful of that. Uh, because dwelling on the things that happened that you had no control over, that is not going to help you get through this time. Uh, and then be mindful of what you can control and just make uh, different uh, choices or, or different um, uh, ways to communicate with your students on where to meet. Yeah, while we're on this subject, I was listening to an episode of On Education with um, with Glenn Irvin and Mike Washburn, and they were talking about one of the features of Microsoft Teams is how the chat box stays around. So, like, if you want to refer back to it, you can go back to the chat from a video meeting down the down the road, like a couple of weeks later, or whatever. And if anybody from Google or Zoom is listening, we would love that feature where the uh, chat box can stick around for a meet without us having to record the session because it becomes an issue where we're expected sometimes to record sessions or whatever, but then we don't want to give away students personal information in that recording. So by having access to that chat box down the road, that'd be a great little feature without having to record. So Google and zoom, if you're listening, please. And thank you. And I would even go a step further and also, you know, create the transcript of any verbal conversations that are happening. Right. So like, you know, just like because we know it's possible because the captions work. So to capture the captions with the person's name, um, that would be great. And there's actually a couple extensions in Google that will allow this to happen. Like tacky pins will allow you to capture the chat box and all of the captions. But the problem is that's an extension. I would love for it to be built in. Right. I, I always used to say there's an extension for that. But for, the, the, for a teacher just trying to get by, they're not going to be looking for extensions. So these are things we would love built in to the products um, so that we can, we can, we can make it work. Um, but if anybody is, is interested in, in the, the top five Chrome extensions for Google Meet, uh, we have a great video on our YouTube channel that lists them and how to use them and all the links that you would need uh, to get those done. So go ahead and check those out. 
So yeah, we're really hoping that some of those changes can happen uh, with some of the, our favorite tools out there. But let's uh, kind of shift gears a little bit here, Joe, and talk a little bit about some other strategies of things that we can do that either worked well in face-to-face that we can transfer over or some other things that maybe would work well in a distance or hybrid situation. Yeah, I, I think breaking students off into groups is still a phenomenal thing that can be done. I mean, uh, and, and Zoom, um, you can easily break students off into group based upon groups of two or three or four, and it numbers the breakout rooms, right? And um, I've been seeing a lot of presenters, Ed Campos being one of them, who is a member of the EdTech Army, um, who's using Google Slides um, to be able to say, okay, slide one group uh, is, is, is Zoom breakout room one. Slide two is breakout room two. And, and then he can actually see all the people doing their work. So if he's in another breakout room listening and helping out a, a group, he can see, oh, breakout room two, they're not doing any work. I better jump in their necks to make sure they're not just goofing off. Um, so those are great strategies, but you still want your students to be able um, to work together as a small group cohort to finish projects. So um, I think that is a great strategy to maintain a face-to-face -face idea in a, in a virtual or distance environment. Yeah, I've tried this with a couple of my co-teachers so far doing the breakout rooms and there's different extensions that will create breakout rooms for Google Meet as well. And um, I, I haven't really toyed around with any of those, um, but my co-teacher, she typically is the one that was breaking them up. She was using the extension. So it was creating the breakout room links and then she was assigning students to the room. Well, because for safety purposes, you wanna have a teacher in every one of those rooms at all times, just in case. What I was finding out was that I was taking say three breakout rooms and she was taking the other three. Well then when I've got all these rooms and then our main room open, I was getting conversation from all of them when I had all four different tabs going. So then on my wall, I'll just right click on the tab, mute the tab, everything will be fine and dandy. What I found out was that when you mute one of the Google Meet tabs, it was muting all four of them. So now I can't hear it all in any of them. So I put the call out to Twitter and said, who's using what to solve this problem? And just like Twitter does within minutes, I got an answer and there's an extension called mute tab where you can go onto a tab and you can mute it. That way, now what I've got is I'm in one room working with students. I can hear them, but I've got the other three muted. I can then pop over those other ones, unmute it real quick to see what's going on. Now, it's, it's been relatively easy to do that because like a lot of teachers are struggling with right now, so the kids, they're just not talking. They're not getting on the microphones, they're not getting on the cameras and uh, they're using the chat box. So, which made my life a little easier in regards to making sure everything was all right. Uh, but it, it's, a, it's gonna be a great tool for when students do wanna open up and, and start talking a little bit more. Well, you know, there's, there's some logic behind that. You know, our, our students, they are of the digital and media age, but they are in an asynchronous digital and media age, right? So they're, they're posting video to TikTok but not directly to an individual person. They're just posting it to the either and having people listen to it. They're posting to Instagram, Instagram stories, IGTV. And then it's asynchronously being watched by somebody else. So when they are being watched in a synchronous environment, it might be off-putting to them, which is why we really need to actually bring up the, the topic of 
what is your definition of synchronous versus asynchronous learning, right? Just because you are scheduled to meet with your students between one and two in a face-to-face -face digital format, does that mean everything has to be face-to-face -face, or can you give instructions and then have the students break off and then do asynchronous work where you're just there to answer any questions of any students who have a question? Um, or are you sitting there talking the entire time, asking questions and nobody's responding, right? So we have to be mindful of that. Even though our students are very uh, tech savvy, they're asynchronously text savvy or a tech savvy. They're not necessarily synchronously tech savvy. You kind of get what I'm, what I'm saying about that? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, because I've kind of experienced the whole gamut of that so far where the co-teachers that I'm working with, we've tried the bell to bell, quote unquote, where we come into the Google meet and we talk as a class or whatever for the next 50 minutes. We've also done it where we've given some instruction. Here's an activity. You've got this amount of time to work on the activity that we're going to come back together. We've done the breakout room thing. So, we're trying different things and we're having successes here. We're having some successes over here and all and opposite as well. So it's just, you, you really just got to figure out really what's best for the kids. I mean, if you've got a class where you can get on and for 45 minutes, you can have a lively conversation and do some different activities together as a class, by all means do it. Now that does not mean go on and lecture for 45 minutes. Okay not probably a real great idea. Uh, I know with my algebra classes, it, it, it would appear to an outsider that that's kind of what we're doing, but we're, we're stopping and we're working through stuff individually and then we're coming back together as a whole group and we're breaking it up to where we're not just talking for 45 minutes and, and we have different activities going on. Uh, but there's gonna be times where you're, you're gonna have the students just work on their own. Here, here here's this activity, we're here for the help if you need help on this activity. And then I take it a step further and I, cre I create my own breakout room with those classes. So you've got two different rooms now where here's the main one with me and my uh, co-teacher and the whole class. But if you want help on an individual basis, maybe you're too shy to ask in front of the whole class in this one, come over to my breakout meet and let's work it over there. And I find a lot of students will do that. and. I, I got to say, if I can't be face to face with a kid, okay, it's actually kind of enjoyable to do that. It, it makes me feel like I have a purpose, you know, when a kid will come over to my breakout room like that, uh, because, you know, in the face to face, I would, if a kid wanted help, you know, I could pull them out into the hall or I've got my office down the hall, we could go work down there real quick. So, so it's kind of the same thing just in the digital environment. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a very good point, Kyle is, is, you know, conversations like that need to happen in private, not to the entirety of the class. And, and I think, you know, a teacher who does not have that skill set of knowing how to create a breakout room or push to a breakout room or whether it's in Google Meet or this or that, I think sometimes they're too quick to condemn a student or, or point a student out to the entire class because they don't have the skill to create the breakout room and then send them to it. Um, and that can, that can really create a harsh vibe, you know, in, in a room and, and, and lower that classroom management, lower that community. Um, so I, I love the fact that if, if a student is having a difficult time or they have a question and they don't want to ask it to the group, you have a room open, they can join and ask you that directly. I love that idea. 
I think a teacher should have that as well. Create a breakout room where you can just send a student to that breakout room. And then after you're done giving instructions to the class, you can go and talk to that student one-on-one -on -one and be like, hey, you know, what's going on? It seems like you're having a hard time today. You're really acting out. Doing it privately is incredibly important. But once again, because I, I don't think the, the teachers can translate their, their tactful skills and face-to-face -face into a virtual environment, I think sometimes teachers are too quick to point things out to an entire class, putting students on blast, which can be, be harmful, right? So I think knowing those techniques, like, like what you just said, is incredibly important and incredibly powerful during this time. Well, and most of us in the distance learning environment or the hybrid environment have office hours right now as well, digital office hours. And really take the time to encourage your kids to come to those office hours as well, because if a kid is too shy to ask for something in class, or if it's going to be something that could potentially take more time away from other students, where that student's really going to need the one-on-one, -on -one, really encourage those office hours. So I know I have a block of two hours every day after lunch where students can come and see me and I'm not getting a lot of students right now, whether it's because they just don't know me because the situation is so different or if students are not struggling, I don't know why they're not coming, but it is nice when they do show up and you know, it's, it, it does make me feel good when I'm able to help students with that. But that's another avenue right there that teachers should be taking advantage of is you have those office hours really get students to come to those. And then on top of that, communicate with their parents. So send an email, send, call home, send a text message, use an app like Class Dojo or, or Remind or something like that and stay in communication with them because a lot of the potential issues with classroom management that could potentially come up, you may be able to solve just by having a positive conversation with the parents on a relatively regular basis. So as a special ed teacher, I, I'm in contact with parents all the time, you know, for a lot of different reasons. But even in the past when I've had really tough parents for my IEPs, just by having those conversations throughout the year, just checking in and saying, hey, how's it going? That goes a really long way. And I will say in the short time I was in administration, that was the biggest lesson I took from that was if you can build a relationship with the parent too, it's going to make life so much easier. Oh yeah. Communication is key. Um, especially during this time, because listen, <laughs> parents are having a difficult time, right? Parents are having to get their students onto their zooms or, or onto their, their Google meets or onto their Microsoft teams. And then they go off and they do their virtual stuff for work. And you know, things happen. I'll tell you right now, there's times when my daughters are learning ABC mouse, my wife's on a phone uh, on a virtual call and I'm on a virtual call and that Wi-Fi is shaky. It's shaky in my house. So I have to excuse myself and say, I, I apologize, but I have to turn off my camera. Um, it's just, I have to make sure I'm saving some bandwidth because otherwise it's going to kick me out. We have to be mindful of that with students. So if your school district is, is saying, Hey, they must be on camera the entire time. As a teacher, you have to be very graceful and understand that, you know, if that is flickering in and out to keep them in, yeah, let them turn off their camera. Um, and then also be mindful that, and this is hard to say because I, I don't want to offend anybody, but sometimes teach parents forget how to parent. And what I mean by that is this, 
parents take their kids to school, go to work, and five o'clock their parents for an hour or two and then put their kids to bed. And now they have to be a parent all day long. And that is a very daunting task. And for some parents, it's been a while since they have done that. And that could be causing some anxiety uh, and short tempers. So as teachers, we have to be very mindful of that. Uh, and also mindful that the parents may not be very techie either. Um, so you may get some parents that unfortunately might chew you out in front of the rest of the class. You might get some parents that email you constantly talking about how your LMS isn't working or the thing you promised to work doesn't work as well or, or this or that. And you know what? There's nothing you can do about that as a teacher. You just have to be mindful that that parent might be going through some things and just let them know we're doing our best and that we don't control Comcast and we don't control the bandwidth that you're getting at your home. Um, and, and just let them know, you know what? And this is where the key part of synchronous versus asynchronous comes into play. Let them know that, hey, if they're missing anything on the synchronous lesson, it's recorded. They can watch it later. And the key part is going to be the asynchronous work and that you're there for them during office hours for any questions at all. Um, and, and hopefully that communication, Kyle, that you were talking about will ease any frustrations. But uh, everybody's going through stuff right now. And a lot of times we don't know how to control our emotions. So we just have to be very graceful uh, to parents and teachers during this time. Absolutely. So, you know, leading into recording this episode, uh, some of our brethren in the EdTech Army had been sharing some stories regarding just some nightmare parent situations going on in different places where there, you know, parents that are trying to flood social media with, um, messages like keep emailing these teachers when canvas is down you know maybe maybe that'll get them to fix it and everything and you know just so many different scenarios of, of parents probably not making the best decisions and things to say but you're right we have to understand that this is different for everybody and while we talk a lot about having grace with our students and having grace with our colleagues we absolutely gotta have grace with our our families too because you're right. There's a lot of anxiety of now there when usually they could take their mind off of parenting for a few hours and go to work. And now that's not really the case. Yeah. We, we absolutely got to have grace for our families too. No, yeah. A hundred percent grace, grace all around. Um, you know, and, and one thing I think we have to be very graceful about is with each other and we have to mind our emotions and hold back a little bit of jealousy at times. And what I mean by that is this, you know, we may see a teacher across the hall doing very well. And we can be very jealous about that because maybe we're having a difficult time. Instead of being jealous, I say, walk across the hall with a mask, walk across the hall and say, hey, what are you doing that, that's making, making your life a little bit easier? Can you show me? Right? So don't be upset. Get with it. Um, you know, I always say teaching is a collaborative sport. Um, so if you're not collaborating with your colleagues, you got to get off the bench, get off the bench and join the team. And that's how we're going to get through this together. Uh, and, and speaking of, uh, you know, stories from the EdTech army, you know, I, we, we, we saw a story that said, um, you know, to try and create community and create classroom management and create 
a, a, a great form of communication, this individual is just doing a phenomenal job with his students. He's creating his own content and really engaging the kids. And his administrators came to him and said, you know what, the other teachers, they're uncomfortable that you're creating your own stuff because it's so good and they can't do it. So we're asking you to stop. To me, that's ridiculous, right? To me, this educator is doing everything they can to improve the classroom management in a distance learning environment. And now he's being told to stop because teachers don't like that he's doing so well. That's the grace that I'm talking about. That's the grace that I hope we can give each other. And instead of being upset that that teacher is doing so well, once again, cross the hall and see if that teacher will help you learn some new ticks and tips and tricks to get that through. That is a way to help with your classroom management by modeling successes from others. Um, we just need to get through this together. And that is the only way we're going to get through this. Um, so, you know, I, I'm big on, you know, getting rid of the jealousy. That's one emotion that has no benefit in our lives, right? There's no benefit in jealousy. So let's get over it and let's get with each other and let's get off the bench and join the team. So, yeah. So as we're starting to kind of wrap things up, Joe, what um, kind of last second things uh, do we have that maybe we'd like to share with the listeners? You know, I would, I would just say, go out there and, and just remember whether you're in a classroom or a class Zoom, your mission still remains the same, to connect and motivate and engage your educational uh, community of learners, your students. And I know you're doing your best and I know you're going out there and you're, you're, you're trying new things. And we have to remember that a great teacher is not a perfect teacher. A great teacher is one who tries. That's it. Tries new things, tries to connect, tries to do this, tries to do that. So if you're trying right now, you are a great teacher. But I want you right now to dig deep and think, are you thinking about giving up? Are you thinking about quitting? Because if you are, I have one thing to say. Stop that. Stop that. You're going to get through this. You're going to do this. This is just a blip in your career, and you're going to look back and find out that you became a better educator because of it. You are out of your comfort zone, and that zone is the innovation zone. The only way you can innovate and grow is by being uncomfortable. So you, in June, six months from now, are going to be an amazing person, amazing educator because of this situation. So if you are thinking about quitting, if you are downtrodden, if you feel worked to the bone, if you are tired, I understand, but quit it. Because our mission is our students. And just because we're in a class Zoom and not a classroom doesn't mean that mission goes away. And we are here to help you with that, to collaborate with you on that, to be there for you. And I'm, I'm sure you have teachers on, in your PLC or in your department that are willing to help you along the way. But you are not in this alone. You have more people supporting you than you can ever imagine. And if you don't see that, you're just looking in the wrong direction. The EdTech Army is here for you. I'm here for you. Kyle's here for you. And I'm sure your community of educators is there for you as well. So just go back to your mission. And then you'll find that heart and you'll find that spirit and you'll find that motivation again. 
but don't, don't let this trying time take away the amazing things that you do for kids. Just keep on doing it. You know, before Kyle, before I throw it over to you, just remember Nelson Mandela said one of the most powerful statements ever, and that's it always seems impossible until it's done. Always seems impossible until it's done. And it may seem impossible to you now, but it will get done. I promise you that. But it will get done together. Not by yourself. So find your tribe. I did. Q was my tribe. The sons of technology are my tribe. I found my tribe. Have you found yours yet? If not, take a look. And you'll find them. What about you, Kyle? Echo some words that my principal shared in a staff meeting recently, and that's be mindful of what you're giving students to do and your expectations on students because we don't know what a lot of students are going through. And we need to realize that we're not in a situation where we're going to be able to cover as much as we once did. We're not gonna be able to do a lot of the activities that we once did. And she even went as far as while she was talking about this, she, would, she took an old geometry book and she was literally ripping pages out of this book as she was saying this. And I've, I've always, I already have a great deal of respect for my principal, but when I watched her tearing pages out of a book and telling us to be mindful about what we're doing with our kids. I just, that, that made my respect for her just go through the roof. And she also said to make sure that you're being mindful of yourself too, and to take care of yourself and to not stress over everything because things will get them done. So even if it's something time sensitive, like an IEP and it's something that you're struggling to meet the deadline, there's going to be grace coming from above as well. People are going to understand about things not getting done. It was not her way of saying to shirk your responsibilities and ask for forgiveness. But at the same time, she said, you really need to be mindful of yourself and your students and families. And I can't echo that any, any better than how she put it originally. No, I, I love that. And, and I, and I think I, we're going to end this podcast with, something my principal used to say. Um, you know, he was my principal for eight years. I have massive amount of respect for him, Steve Pagani. And he would always say at the end of his morning announcements, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and take care of your campus. And I want to say to you, same thing. Teachers, take care of yourself. If you are not in the zone in your mind, body, and soul, you are not in this to win it. So take care of yourself. Take care of each other. If you are seeing a teacher struggle, please step out of the batter box and go help them. Take care of each other. But above all, take care of your learning community. Take care of your students. Take care of your parents. Open that communication and just be mindful and full of grace. So in closing, we'll say that one more time. Listeners, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and take care of your learning community. And as always, I'm Joe Marquez with my partner in innovation, Kyle Anderson, wishing you a fantastic week ahead. Thank you so much. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful week.